Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today's Tuesday, and every Tuesday we're talking LAFC. They got a big win against RSL, uh, back-to-back wins. So we're going to dive deep into that. There's another There's another big game for LAFC uh, tomorrow against Austin FC. So that's, that's, that's another big one for them. Um, you know, it's been an interesting season for LAFC. So it looks like things potentially may, they may be turning the corner here. So let me introduce my guest. We've got LAFC Live back. How you doing, LAFC Live? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, Gio. Thanks for having me back on. Excited to talk uh, LAFC. Uh, it's been a week, so I'm ready to get into it. Let's do it. And of course, we got Andy Diosa from Yahoo. Andy, how you doing? What up, y'all? I had to wear the uh, Real Madrid shirt today, not because I'm a Real Madrid fan, just for the Barcelona fans that were. <laughs> just, That's the only reason I wore it. is trolling already. I love it. And we got LAFC Edge, uh, aka Marvin. Marvin, yeah. uh, let, let, let's get into you a little bit. How long have you been an LAFC uh, follower, supporter? Um, give us, give us a little bit of the backstory. Yeah, I'm actually day one. You know, I was uh, I didn't really follow the MLS before LAFC, so. I started around 2017 before there was like any players on the roster or anything. And uh, yeah, just a day one member, uh, 32-52 and uh, still going to every game. Still going. So, and you go now as LAFC edge. So look, yeah. it's, in, it's, in, it's interesting, you know, like we go, we got a lot of, a lot of different voices out there and, you know, like I was telling you, I was like, Hey, let, let's get you on here. Let's talk, let's talk about LAFC. Um, LAFC live. Uh, what, were, what were your quick thoughts about that that three two uh, victory that they had this past weekend? Uh, well, we got to win, so that's important. And uh, even though the third goal was a fluke goal, uh, we'll take anything right now. Uh, At Tuesta, of course, stood out. Chicho uh, lighting it up finally, which is nice to see. And Bryce Duke, um, he may look nice off the pitch, but he's a little pit bull on the pitch, and I like to see that a lot. Uh, it's nice to see the players that you know. They're not the big dogs per se, uh, stepping up uh, while, you know, Bella's gone, Brian's gone, Rossi's at Pinerbachi. That's uh, really nice to see. And um, I'm not going to get carried away yet over two wins because uh, I still don't forget about that eight-game streak that, uh, you know, we didn't win a game. So I'm not going to be getting carried away here. But good win. Very good win. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, hey, look, anytime that happens, you get that. Don't hold on for it too long, you know. You guys, you guys got some momentum now, so like, you know, it's it's looking good. Uh, Edge, how what were your what were your thoughts on the, on this past weekend? Uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a solid win. Of course, you know, it's not cool to win with a um, with a known goal and all, but I honestly think that LAFC would have kept going and probably scored that third goal if it wasn't for that own goal. To be honest, but. Um, I still wouldn't get too excited quite yet. Like, I think this game was really important to get those 30 points and get to the eighth place spot, you know, tied with the RSL. 
in points. Um, but I think in order to get this momentum that we really need, this this uh, Real Salt Lake win was really important. So I'm, I'm glad we, you know, got the win. Yeah. Andy, let, let, let's talk about Chicho. Let's talk, uh, let's talk about your boy, a.k.a. Maluma. He came yeah. with the sauce, man. I, I've been telling people, like, give, give him some time, you know, give him some time to get adjusted, give him some time. And he finally broke out. There was little glimpses that I saw that I was like, okay, this dude's a baller. He's got to give him some time to see how he adjusts with his teammates. He broke out this game. He had the goal, the first goal in like, what, 19, 20 seconds. And then he had the second goal as a header. Who's was your thoughts on Chicho? That's what he does, man. He's a scorer. That's what he did in Colombia. Is what he's done basically his whole career. That's why they brought him in. I mean, I think when you look at LAFC and, and them missing somebody that could really put some balls in the net, that was what got people excited when Chicho got signed here. And obviously a lot of people may have not been too familiar with him and seeing highlights and just seeing what he was able to do. But, I mean, like I mentioned before, he, he played on, on one of the biggest teams in Colombia and he, you know, he was the leading goal scorer in the league. So he's a, that's his quality that you mentioned that you have to give him a little bit of time. You have to let him get acclimated, especially because Bob likes to move those top three players around so much. But I mean, what's his four goals uh, now that he has there and it's just, uh, he hasn't been. He still hasn't even been here that long. So for him to be able to a score or b also do some other things that Bob has mentioned that he has really liked about his personality, about his qualities on the field, uh, that's that's great time for LAFC all around. Yeah, I mean he's looking like a baller to me. I mean they, this may be early to call, but I think that may be you might we might have found LAFC's next superstar depending what may happen with Carlos Vela. You know we'll we'll get into the Carlos Vela later, but I, that that those, I'm seeing glimpses. He was doing the, the the chant at the end of the game. Uh, he loves it here. You know, he, he's a very flashy guy. He always be rocking. You know, he got the swag. Always be rocking all, all the swag. And I was like, yo, LA definitely fits him, man. He he got this. He, he got he. You know, he got, he has the the swag, the lifestyle, and everything. I was like, yo, and he and he, and he shows it on the field too, which is the most important thing outside of those things. Live, what what are your thoughts on Chicho? Uh, I'm I'm really proud and excited to have a player like this come to LAFC and um, you know he's doing what he was uh, brought in to do which is score goals uh, he had two goals in the past game really great to see and then I just want to see his progression going forward is he going to keep the momentum if Bella coming back is that going to say oh you know if the superstar is back I have to take it down a notch am I going to feed off of them uh, what's the plan going forward uh, so tomorrow is going to be a big sign of uh, where his head is at. And also the distribution to Chicho is going to be really important too. You feed him the ball, you're going to score goals like you just saw. So I want to see his prog progression going forward and let's see what happens uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, no, it's, it's looking good. And another thing that I know Bob talked about this, or I think he was asked about him being a holdup uh, striker. Um, I mean, he, he, that's something that LAFC has not had. Um, someone that can hold the ball out there physically. Because there was a couple of times when Chicho got the ball and uh, RSO center backs were trying to get it, that he he just out-muscled them. He, knew, he knows how to put his body right. And I think that is such an underrated talent because especially when you're getting pressed on or you need someone just to hold the ball for just a couple of seconds to give give a couple of your players a, a breather or just open up, the, open up the wings a little bit more. That's I haven't seen that maybe when BWP was here. Maybe at times Adama Diomande, but the the class and the way he he did it against our ourself, it was just so smooth, and you knew the ball wasn't going to get away from Edge. What are your thoughts on Chicho? Uh, you know, I'm loving him just like all the LAFC fans, and I my main concern right now is if how he would do in the future with someone like Vela next to him. Um, I think in his previous games when he first started, um, we were doing three up front with Rossi. 
Arango and Villa, and obviously Rossi and Villa are the superstars of LAFC, and I wonder how, you know, that affected his play. And um, Bob would rotate him to the wing at times, which I don't think he's as strong. I think he's a very central striker. So now that we've been doing this 5-3-2 formation, I think he's been shining a lot more. You know, he gets to be the star striker. Vela's out. So um, I guess, like, my concern is how will the team and him adapt when Vela and others come back that are important, even Rayito, you know? I really yeah, hope- no- I really hope to see the 3-5-2 with Rayito and Arango up front. I think their speed could be, you know, pretty electric. And I would love to see their chemistry build up and see how a 3-5-2, even 4-4-2 would play with two strikers. Because I think we've been doing the, you know, the two-winger system for a while. We became pretty flat and predictable that way. And I'm really curious just to see how we could play now with, with strikers. Yeah, no, I mean, that's going to be the interesting thing, right? Because once you add, uh, you know, you said Rayito uh vela you know the formation is going to have to change but which which way which way is it going to change talking about chicho we got to show the goals here's the first goal Krylak will be the target at the top and he has been a guy who has gotten his against lafc we are underway here at bank of california stadium and lafc is back back in black and right away eduardo twista with the captain's armband, finds Bryce Duke. He gets it inside Masovsky, the target, Chicha! I was at the stadium and I was watching, I was like, are they gonna, I couldn't believe they scored that fast because because of the way the season has gone so far, right? And I was like, I was like, this this is the best way. This is the best thing. What, What was that? I was still literally eating my nachos when the game was just starting. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I, I mean that that's and that's the way I think you want to you want to start you want to start this game. And when, and when I saw that, I was like, okay, I'm glad you know I'm glad it was Chicho and also like you know also players like Bryce Duke, you know, who was part of that play or the Twesta that, that got that on. When you Andy, when you see him score that fast, what what, what was your thoughts? What, what went through your mind? My thoughts in the beginning of the game and the end of the game were pretty much the same and it was wow LAFC is finally catching some breaks and I think like you said I think because of the way the season has been going it's not really typical for you to see them score a fast but never mind that fast I mean how many games have we seen this season that LAFC has dominated play and then not been able to score first the other the opposing team scores first and then you know then the game there on their on their back foot so them scoring that quickly was crazy and it kind of you know early goal changes a lot of things and I think that like you guys mentioned, I mean, the, the the goal that gave him the victory ends up being the own goal, but that's once again a, a thing of catch and breaks that the team hasn't been getting this season. So um, I think it was kind of sandwiched the, the right way with that opening goal being 20 seconds in, which is now part of LAFC's history, as I like to say. And then that last goal being an own goal, which, hey, man, at this point of the season, three points is three points, however you could get them. And, and uh, I think for me personally, you know, it's good to see that, a uh, player like that is able to come in and make a mark that quickly. And I think that he's been pretty good in what he's done so far. I think he's been good and he's, he's spoken to the media a lot. Um, and just his mentality is really what I, I'm taking away um, mm-hmm. from what he does. I feel like a lot of the Colombian players that come here are kind of the same boat, but he's just very happy and humble to be here. And everything is, is about the team. It's not about him. So he's going to be probably quickly LAFC's leading goal scorer this season. And uh, he's clearly has his, his mindset. So, you know, the right focus. So I'm happy to see him uh, flourish in that way. 
I would also just add, I think he's also different from some of the Colombians that the team has. You know, he's like I said, he's more flashier, but he, he, he like he back not that the other players don't, but like he backs it up. And, you know, when Chicho does something right, just just with the style and everything, I, I think to me, it just makes it so much bigger, so much better. But like it's easy to fall in love with him a little bit more because of what obviously uh, how he how he approaches the game, how he plays the game, and then uh, and he has uh, I think he has that the charisma that like okay you know I want to support him because of what he's doing. You know obviously he's flashing, does everything. He has the little I don't know if it's the anime uh, thing you know peace sign. I may get killed if it's not anime, but like you know that that thing people a lot of people can connect with that. You know that's a different way to, to connect with that. And I think I think it's pretty cool. Uh, Hector in the chat says a month ago we have, we would have tied or lost. I feel like the defense down the stretch won the game. Um, I, I feel the same way. I, I feel the same way on that. I was like, I didn't know if they were going to get the win. I was like, maybe a tie, but, um, yeah, down the stretch. How, how'd you, how'd you feel about, about this game uh, live? Once you, once you saw, well, let's play the second goal. Let's play, let's play the second goal. Between those two working well together. Locked in. Oh! So two goals in 30 minutes. There was a lot of back and forth. How would you feel about LAFC being able to hold off RSL with that 3-2 victory? Uh, I was waiting for it to happen again where we blow it in the 90th minute or something like that. Like, <laughs> you, can, you can kind of feel it in your stomach like, okay, I'm waiting for it, I'm waiting for it. But defense did their job. Uh, Mohamedou Fall, I mean, he's still really, really young. Um, I know people are acting like he's the second coming of Sergio Ramos or something, but um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Who is that? Who is doing that? We've seen the pictures of them with the Maradona, the Pele, the Sombrero, which oh. I took a picture from some other Twitter account, by the way, but I won't get into that. Um, but what I will say is that they need to pump the brakes just a little bit. He's still a young kid. If there's a mistake, it's it's going to happen. You know, it is what it is. But I think the defense really showed the strength in this game. And let's build on it. And um, let's see. Let's just keep it rolling. You know, because you don't want to have that feeling in your stomach every single game that, hey, it's coming. Set piece, corner kick, any of those, you know. So good win, good defensive effort. And let's move on to tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Edge, how would you feel about LAFC finally being able to close off uh, a team and not giving up the tie? Uh, you know, I, I still have a bit of issues with the defense. You know, when I – analyze the goals and I go back on them. I see Murillo was caught up front way too much when we um when they scored the second goal. It's like he was almost like in a striker position. I'm like, what are you doing up there? And he's the one that, you know, left his man wide open, which led to the goal. I think overall the it was a team win more than a defensive win in my opinion. I think towards the end when you saw you know a Twesta yelling at the other players and everything, it was a real concerted team effort to like you know, get this win and not let the um, Real Salt like score on us at the last minute, like always. So, I would still argue that the defense is 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 good. Um, I think it's pretty good. I think we're getting there, and I think it's progressing. Fall. I think this has been one of his weakest games, to be honest, and I think it's good because I mean, obviously, he's young. He's only what eighteen years old, and we can't expect him to be playing like a th- consistent thirty-year-old experienced MLS player of course he's going to make mistakes and um he he showed some of that you know he's not an invincible player he's an mm-hmm. 18 year old kid and you know he's super talented and um you know I, I look forward to seeing him you know become I think I really really hope um LAFC keeps him for years to come and we develop and he becomes 
a really like one of the best center backs in um, MLS. So, but yeah, yeah no, I, think, I think we're not invincible quite yet. Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't say that. I think Fall has had looked good up until this game. I think it was is was it was probably his worst performance yet. I mean. But to talk about an 18-year-old who essentially, you know, the previous game had scored two goals and, you know, did what he did, I think, you know, he's bound to have a bad game, right? And obviously and he raised the bar really high, you know. It's like we're like he had a 100% A-plus game and, you know, yep. this might have been a B-minus, you know. But Yeah, so uh, here in the chat, Silo says we got lucky with that own goal miscommunication from Djokovic to Ochoa. Yeah, I thought that was – I thought that was, that was that was very interesting, um, you know how they how, how they how that goal happened. But I was like, are things finally starting to break LAFC's way? And this may be it. This may be the game that hey, because right now they're currently sitting in eighth place, and you know, outside looking in, there, there's a lot there's a lot more optimism of this team, right? Uh, at least making the playoffs. There's still questions and concerns, like we said about the defense. Um, because you you do have to clean that up, but I mean it's looking more optimistic than than you, we were a month ago about LAFC. Um, now let, let, let's talk about um, you know the the newest signing. Um, we have a question here from Jason. He says, "What is your thought on Blackman signing, and what does it mean for Romero?" Um, obviously, Andy, I think we're in the press call. I think you asked uh, Bob Bradley, and that's the question I, I was going to ask. Um, what what are your thoughts on that? And I think we should also address Bob Bradley mentioned that. Uh, they, they wanted to add depth. I'm just paraphrasing here. And the reason for the signing was because Pablo Cisnega broke his nose. A guy fractured his nose and he had to have like a procedure. I'm assuming he had to have surgery or something on his nose. And I think also, but the other, the caveat to that as well is that it's an international spot because you're bringing an international player uh, for, for a goalkeeper spot. There's plenty of other backup goalkeepers that they could have brought in with the United States. But Andy, what are your thoughts on the signing? Yeah, that's why my question was like, what kind of what's the plan here? Because basically what I asked them for the people that weren't on the call or didn't hear was there's been so much turnover in the net in the four years that they've existed. Like, what's the plan bringing in a new keeper? And what does that mean for the future of, of Tomas and or Pablo? Um, and like Gio said, he basically just said it was like a death thing. And obviously Pablo's uh, procedure is, is a surprise because we didn't know about that. But at the end of the day, you know, I think there's something to be said there. Like you're not going to – in a position that has been rotating so much, you're not necessarily looking to fill that spot knowing that there's probably anywhere else on the field that you could reinforce that I think would have probably made people feel a lot more comfortable than bringing in a keeper. And also it kind of just brings the same narrative back of like when you have a keeper – that's I mean I don't think Tomas has been bad I don't think he's been out of this world but he hasn't been an issue for LAFC the same way I didn't think Pablo Cisniega was an issue for them neither did I think that Tyler Miller was an issue for them at certain points I think the only one that really had some problems was Kenneth Vermeer so I think this is an interesting move to look through the, uh kind of look to the future and see like what they're doing I think to me it signals that Pablo's probably gone and already has his next move in mind or LAFC has that in mind but once again I think if you're giving Tomas so much shine this season. I think that the best move would have probably not been to do this, just to kind of keep his confidence up. But he knows he's the starting keeper going forward for the end of the season, at least. Um, whatever happens beyond that, I, I guess we can't speculate on too much. But yeah, to me, it's a very interesting move that signifies that probably Pablo is is done done in LA for sure. Yeah, and I, I think another thing that I should have added to that, uh, he's Jamal uh, yeah, Blackman is is into the contract or they, a free agent to the to this year with the with the with the club option for twenty twenty two. 
Uh, let me let me get you guys thoughts on that, and then I'll give my thoughts live. Live, what are, what are your thoughts on, on the the new signing? Uh, it was definitely out of the blue. Um, I wasn't expecting another goalie to come in, uh, and I didn't expect Pablo to break his nose. But um, I guess it's kind of a depth signing. Um, so two things. I mean, the depth is one, and then two that just means that Thomas Romero needs to be on his toes because you know at LAFC the goalie change is just like every other week. So I mean, if Thomas for some reason knock on wood there's three goals in tomorrow, you better believe that somehow Jamal Blackman's going to be starting somehow when he's able to. And uh, I guess it's just uh, best man is going to play. That's how it's going to be now. So we'll see. And he's like, what, 6'6 six, six or something like that? So he's a towering, um, you know, athlete in the goal. And I know he's a Chelsea product, I guess, but he, he never really played for Chelsea. He was always loaned out like Chelsea does with all their youngsters and they sell him. Um, so we'll see. I mean, if he gets an opportunity, we'll see how he does. Yeah, Edge, uh, what, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the signing? Uh, I'm going to give an Edge take on this a bit. And I think that um, – I, I, I think it was a coincidence that they signed him when Pablo broke his nose. I think this was a long time coming, and I think they knew Pablo was uh, – his contract's running out, and they wanted to look at their options. And it wouldn't hurt to look at options that could perhaps help us in the playoffs. So I think – I'm I really like Romero and but I'm not entirely convinced that he's a goalie that could win us the MLS Cup if we were to be in the final. Um he could, it's possible, but I wouldn't take my chances on it and I think that we need to find an elite level goalie if we ever really want to get serious about the cup. And um will that be Jamal? I'm not sure, but I think, you know, if we're going to experiment, now's the time to do it. We have quite a few games before the playoffs. I would say experiment, put him in the goal a few times and see what we get. Maybe he ends up being an elite goalie that we like. You know, Galaxy did the same thing with Bond. Bond ended up being a, a pretty damn elite level goalie. And, you know, it's it's hard. I mean, they're they're a big part. He's a big part of the recent LAFC. I'm sorry, LA Galaxy success this season, you know, and I think LAFC needs something like that in their back line. I personally think we've never had a good goalie. And that's it's always been something that I've had a grudge against with the front office. And, you know, while people might be team Cisniega and all these other team Vermeer from the past, I've never been team any goalie that we've ever had. And I really think we need to keep going with it. Romero, I think, has a lot of potential and I would love him to stay. But I think he's development, and I think that I would love to see who he is in two to three years. You know, I don't know how we get there and if we play him every game, but I think we definitely, if we ever really want to get serious about the cup, in my opinion, we need to have an elite experienced goalie. Fair point. And uh, Foot brings up a great point. He said the new goalie was news last week. When did Cicciago broke break his nose? Wasn't he on the bench Sunday? Correct. There you go. Exactly. Sorry, Bob. Uh, yeah, no, that, that, I, I think that was an excuse potentially. I don't know this for a fact, but Cisnegas was there. You know what I'm saying? Cisnegas was there. His nose, his nose did not look broken to me. Uh, anybody else can tell me that. This is what I think. I think, um, with so much of the turnover, what Andy said, I just don't think they really believe that Tomas Romero is the, is the number one guy. But I also do, I also don't believe that the reason for LAFC's struggles has been the goalkeeping position. It has not been Tomas Romero. It's been the defense. And I think the only thing for me is where I kind of question, it's a little questionable, is because you're using an international spot on the goalkeeping position, which means you only have about, I think you only get eight international spots. 
So I mean, typically international spots around the MLS, you want to use, and Galaxy did not use an international spot on Jonathan Bond because he's an American. Um, I think using an international spot from what I've seen gathered in the last four years that have been covering the MLS is not one of the best. It could be one of the best signings, but like you typically, typically you could use that for defense, midfield or forward. Like when you look at this team outside of, you know, Tomas Romero, if you, if you wanted to bring him in a replacement, you could, I, I really believe you could have brought a replacement that was an American player or an MLS caliber player. Um, but I just don't think they really believe on, I don't really think they believe Tomas Romero, like to you said, could, to your point, could take him to take him over there. And I don't think some of those goals, yeah, maybe the second goal that he was scored on, yeah, you can look at it. But he, I have not looked at a game once this year, maybe one that I'm like, okay, that, that game was on Tomas Romero. It was more like, the defense and something like that. So I feel like maybe if they would have brought in another defender or something like that, but I just think using an international spot hasn't worked well. And, you know, we also got a comment. He's like, I hope Jamal's not the next Ramir. I hope so. Not. I don't hope, I hope he's not either, but, um, but what I mean, we could see. On that point, you know, I think that's something to analyze, right? That they use a very, precious international spot on him so what does that say do they really want him as a second or third? he's not going to be a backup that's what i'm saying that, that that's my point yeah. when you use such a critical roster building is when you Especially use lafc who uses so many international yes yeah, so many is so to me to me don't be surprised if jamal blackman whenever he's available and all the visa stuff he's gonna get a he's gonna get a shot he's gonna get a starting role he's gonna yeah i mean I like Romero, but uh, I think to me the writings are the wall. Jam- Jamal Blackman is going to start one of these games. I would, I would argue that our goalie hasn't been a problem. I, of course, the defense has, but nothing is black and white or one thing or the other. It's all been accumulative, accumulative of the defense, the midfield, and even the forwards not strike us scoring enough. The goalie could there's there's games where we've lost by one at the last minute and. If, if a goalie could make that clutch save for us, that's the difference between three points, one point, or zero points. Well, that's and what he, that's how they made me feel. It. This has been a very unlucky season for LAFC. Yep. Just, you know, really stupid goals and all that. And if we just had a clutch elite goalie who could just save us a few times, a few games, think about it. If he helped us for two games, we'd be six points higher. Just two games. There were so many games. I forgot how many points we've lost in games at the last minute. If like we would have just, if he would have just helped with two games, we'd I mean, be, I, I like, look a lot of those goals that were scored last minute. It doesn't matter if you're six six. I think those were going in. You know, I, I, I mean, I just, not all of them. Some of them, of course. Some of them. I, I was like, yo, those, those, I mean, those across those. the span of twenty four games, I guarantee you there was at least two or three where Romero could have, you know, helped us out there a bit. Hey, or, fair or, enough. Or, or, the manager, or the manager could have made the correct sub, but you know, it's a different thing. <laughs> look, that look, that is a hundred percent fair criticism. That is that is a hundred percent fair criticism. Cause look, to to ask to I don't know, I feel like it's kind of a stretch to ask. Uh I don't we can't go through all the goals and, and the the scenarios and stuff like that. But I get I Marvin, I get what you're trying to say. You know, if you have an elite goalkeeper, right, it, it, it could it could make the difference. And I've seen the difference with, with LA Galaxy. Correct. Um, you know, I've seen the difference because the LA Galaxy's defense. Oh, my God, okay. you look at that defense. But Bond, I feel has, like- Bond has given Galaxy alone just so many points on the table. Yeah, yeah. But he's been there from the start. That's the only difference. And you're getting a goalkeeper towards, yeah. towards, the, towards the end. Uh, Andy, um, what, 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 what are your thoughts? Anything else to add on, on the goalkeeping situation? Or, are, are you – or, you know, anything to comment? I just think it's funny because, like, 
Tyler Miller might be the one of the best things happening in Minnesota right now. And it's funny how <laughs> things happen in MLS. Like Tyler Miller's kept that team alive so many times. This and he's team Tyler Miller. I, I've I've always been a big Tyler Miller fan, but it's just funny because goalie is such a it's, goalie's the only isolated position in, on the field. If you think about it, you have nobody else that really affects what you do. So to me, it's once again if, if Jamal comes in and gets a chance throughout that, you know, throughout the remainder of the season, if they do make the playoffs, fine, whatever. I, I do think that's likely. But once again, mm-hmm. it's the same story over and over. Like you're you're kind of continuing this narrative from year one, year two, whatever that it's probably not something that you necessarily need to be, I guess, addressing right now when you look at the way LAFC season is going, when you look at uh needs around the field. So I mean, listen, he could come in and be a great keeper, he could come in and not be a great keeper. I just think that once again, for keepers, confidence is key. And I think obviously Domas has had it because he's gotten the green light this season. And if things go differently, then his confidence will not be there. So if they expect it to be a competition, like they wanted, um, I guess, Vermeer and Cisniega to be at one point, it's probably not going to paint out that way. So, yeah, this this leads me to believe that they're going to go all in with him being number one. But whether or not it pans out to be good, I, I don't know if we could tell. Like you said, there's a lot of other things that need to be cleaned up before we put, uh, I guess, all the blame on goalies. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, don't, I just don't think the, the blame on goalies or anything like that. But look, if this is the route, we just have to see how it plays out with Jamal. And then we, we could praise the front office for the decisions or we'll, we'll have to come back here and, and talk about it. Um, because I think it's fair because there's never been a point that, that I, to me, once Tomas Romero was a goalkeeper, I was like, all right, he has been the best option that I've seen. Best op- better option than, 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 than Kenneth Vermeer. Pablo Cisnegas, I mean, Pablo wasn't doing good, but I, I just, I, that, I, I think we're seeing different things from what from what the front office is seeing. It's clear, right? Like, I think if we're Marvin, this is the first time I've had you, you know, on the show, but I think we, we may be seeing a lot, a lot of different things, and I think they really do value a, a, a goalkeeper. But I just feel like these moves could have been done a lot sooner, potentially. Obviously, Diego Rossi opens up a spot. But I mean, yeah, I just think it's I think it's just interesting how how that went. So and, we'll we'll see. And hopefully go ahead. Yeah, each keep this is our third keeper in the season. I haven't really heard of another team doing three keepers in one season. Yeah. It, it seems like yeah, each that's LFC, injury, that's it. No, each LAFC keeper, like Tyler Miller, yeah, he looked good, but then I'm gonna be honest with you, Ibrahimovic completely just ruined him. And that's why you have to just leave. <laughs> that's that's yeah. all I remember from Tyler Miller. Every I remember slots on just like yeah, every time. He saw him with the ball. He filled his pants, and that was it. So he had to leave. Uh, and then you had, what, Vermeer, who looked good for one game, and then he was getting caught out like 30 yards. And every time he had the ball to his feet, he would have a heart attack. Uh, Cisnega had a great uh, tournament in, what, the, uh, the Orlando back-to-MLS tournament. That's where he really looked good. Comes back over here, average, I guess. And then we have now Thomas Romero, who's been looking decent. But it seems like every LFC goalie has those like moments. Oh yeah, they look good, and then they just start to fade and fade and fade away. So I guarantee, like uh, I think I mentioned earlier, Thomas Romero somehow tomorrow lets in three goals. Knock on wood. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. Jamal Blackman's going to be starting next week, probably if the visa stuff is all cleared. Guarantee. I, I think. I think with the, I, I honestly, I think even without the three goals, I, I think Jamal uh, he has to get a look because. They're not committed to him long term. That's an, that's another thing. He only has these couple months till the end of the year. That's the that's the biggest thing in the, the club option. So they're 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 like they're you gotta plug him in. I, I just feel like at the end of the day, he's gonna get a whether Tomas Romero gives up three goals or he has a spectacular game, Jamal Blackman is gonna start a game. 
He's, he's or he may start for the rest of the season. They've seen enough from him at, at Chelsea, wherever he's getting loaned at, to bring him in and to use an international spot. This man, this to me, the writings of the wall, Jamal Blackman, eventually will be the starter. Um, I don't know when, but he has to get a shot. I, I just, I just, I just, that's just the way I see it. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, let, let's talk about. Um, we got to We we have live here. We we got to talk about Bob Bradley. Um, you know, two games, back to back wins. Um, they beat SKC, and then they won. Um, should we say a, a game of luck, a lucky game, lucky on goal that they got got them the win. But six points. Uh, it, I mean, you'll take them any any way you want them. How are you feeling about Bob Bradley now? Ha- have your thoughts changed about Bob Bradley since the last time you were here? Uh, well, I just want to apologize to nobody because I don't I don't take any. <laughs> <That is bad. laughs> I'm, I'm not flip-flopping. I'm not these fans I see after one game. I'm bought back in after six points after – okay, well, that's you. Uh, I'm bought out all the way. I'm not changing. I told you the beginning of the season, before this whole eight-game streak and the flaws in his game and management, that if you don't win the MLS Cup, you got to bounce. And that stayed the same for me. I'm not changing the uh, perspective of how I look at this team. Yeah, I don't want to see him. I, I, I don't <laughs> – I, my expectations and standards for this team for this season is to uh, <laughs> is to win MLS Cup. Is to win MLS Cup. That's it. I know where we're at right now, but that's it. And if you can't get it done, then you can't be here. That's pretty much it. So that would that would only the only thing that would change your mind at this point is Bob Bradley winning an MLS Cup. That's it. That's it. Getting to the Spanks. Okay, that's fine. But no, I actually have standards for uh, this football club. So. Fair look, that's fair enough. Uh, Edge, what are your thoughts? I know this is your first time here. We don't know what are your thoughts on Bob Bradley. How how you feeling about the coach? Uh, I think uh, it's hard to say because uh, hey, look, look. The one thing about this show, we keep it honest. So, yeah, so we yeah, need, no, we no, need I, your honest thoughts. I mean, honesty is what I do. Um, I'm not trying <laughs> to sugarcoat it in any way. Um, I'm not of Team Bob in or Bob out. I'm okay with Bob out. I'm open to the idea of Bob out. Um, I'm more of Thorington out. And that's I have a large problem with his, his philosophy that so many fans. Okay, go, let's go into it. We got time. Let's go into it. All right. Well, you know, when you hear him on podcasts and stuff like that, he talks about the return of an, on investment in players and how, like, LAFC has to be a selling team, a youth selling team, and bringing players from South America or wherever. I think that philosophy is good, uh, but it has to be balanced. And it's when when your whole philosophy is based on profit, your team is going to pay. We're not, you know, Aj- uh, we're not Ajax. We're not those elite teams that could bring youth from all over the world that's truly talented. I think we have – we're trying to, like – find this like golden gem. I think we were lucky with Rossi and Atuesta, more Rossi than Atuesta, to be honest. And I think that got to the front office's head thinking like, hey, we're like a gold mine for South America and we're going to bring all this youth and sell them and it's going to be super easy. And it didn't work out and it's not going to work out. And they need to balance the roster with MLS experienced, just overall experienced older players. Um, right now we're he deconstructed the team to to the point where it's not recognizable anymore. And what's on the field had no longer had any form of chemistry and no MLS experience. And I think that's what happened in that eight game span. Now things are getting better. The players are starting to get um, chemistry. 
and that could build, but I still don't believe in his roster building capabilities. And I think that's what really has bit LAFC in the ass. And I think, I think we need a different person as a general manager, to be honest, unless he changes his philosophy, but I don't think so because I think this is a very big ego based thing where it's like LAFC is special in that we bring and we find these like really special talents from South America. And I don't know. I don't think we're that special at it, to be honest. I think we're kind of lucky with Rossi. And, um, but yeah, look, I, look, I appreciate your honest thoughts. Cause that, that was one of the things that I had mentioned at the start of the, you know, when I looked at the season, I was like, they're missing some of that experience and there's too much young talent on this team, yeah. you know? And I think that if you have, when you roster construct a team, um, you know, you, you got to have some youth. You got to, you look at all the teams. You There's some veterans there. There's too many young yes. players here. Chicho is amazing. But if you would have had Chicho to start of the season, this team could have potentially looked different. It could have been looking at the top of the standings. Uh, I mean, but typically, look, typically the way sports typically work, uh, well, I, the way I've seen it work is typically coaches go first before <laughs> GM. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. About, I don't know. John, I don't know if John, JT's going out before Bob. So yeah. I, I, no, I was for both going, but I'm like, hey, nobody, <laughs> nobody's talking about Thorington. Like, come on, guys. Like, Bob can only do so much with what he's given. Come on, you know. Look, I, I will agree with that. I, I, I will agree with that. With the MLS uh, All Stars game, you know, he we beat La Liga. Don't oh, undermine okay. that. Don't undermine that loss. I mean, La Liga cared. They did care, and they put yep. their players there. Oh, they cared. Yeah, yeah. I was at the game. It was it was an, it was an amazing game. And I'm not saying I'm not saying Bob is going to bring us the cup. You know, I I've kind of lost hope. I do see a better Bob this season. Th- that's weird to say because we're doing so shitty. But you know what's better is the fact that he's he's experimenting. And before we were three years of the okay. four three three that was getting like way too predictable and flat. And we were I just couldn't stand it. Now at least we're seeing a three five two in different types of play and. While we're losing, at least we're losing at the right time to experiment and figure out these formations because we need to have more than one formation. And if we could develop these 352, 532, 442, 433, we need those kind of formations in our artillery and our players need to have experience with those types of formations. We were be- all of our players only knew 433 at one point. So right now is the time to lose. And I really hope that you know these these. I don't look. I don't. I don't know if any time is a time to lose. I think it, it's a no, you, either, you either before, learn. Before, I think we could. We, I think we could get into the playoffs. <laughs> I was like, you got to get it. Now, now's not the time to lose. You know, the, the three games ago was like serious mode, and we need to win every game now. But I'm saying when we did lose, it was it was it was okay. We still could. We could still, <laughs> we could still I don't know, man. I don't think any time is 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 okay time to lose. But look. <laughs> Like let's let's get Andy's thoughts. Andy, how you feeling? How you feeling about Bob? Obviously, he was on the press call. I don't. I forgot who asked him, but they were like, "Has anything changed?" And Bob was like, word for word. I know this is what he said. He says nothing has changed uh, with these two wins. Um, what what are your thoughts on Bob Rally after after these two games? I mean, I think it's true to an extent. I think we just get so wrapped up in obviously results and moments, and eight games is a long time to go without winning the game, but then you could go on an eight-game run out of nowhere, and then things are completely different. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to look at these two games and say, oh, my God, the trajectory has changed and the season has changed and forget about everything that's happened because there are tangibles that you have to take away from the season moving forward for LAFC in many different situations. But is it a good sign for sure being able to do it with so many players missing, being able to do it with Vela not playing, things like that? 
Um, not to rain on people's parades, but neither of them will be getting fired. Uh, so there's that. It's just it's just a, a thing of I think LAFC um, just hopped on the scene so hot and probably to an extent spoiled us from a fan perspective, from a media perspective, from just soccer uh, in general. And I think that we forget two years ago, this was a team that did something that we've never seen in this league. Um, sure, they didn't win MLS Cup, but they still had a season that uh, you have to remember in the way that they put this team together. It probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that idea Thorrington had of late. Let's bring these young players in. We see so much of like, yeah, these players can be better from South America, but Sifu was one of Ecuadorian's best players um, before LAFC found them, uh, younger players, the prospects. Atuesta, same thing with him, even though he wasn't really on the national um, roster radar because of so many talented players that play in Europe in that position. Uh, Diego Rossi obviously came from big clubs. Brian Rodriguez. I mean, these are players that are very, very talented. And sure, I think there's while there's a, a, a fear mentality of being like, hey, this process hasn't worked. I think that it's a it's a decision that they made from the beginning. And I think Bob says this a lot to his credit. When LAFC started, they needed to build an identity. They needed to, to think about something. And that's what they said. This is going to be our identity. This is going to be our idea. Um, sure, there's probably a lot of situations that were questionable, but if you look at some of the best players in the past few seasons that they've had, Atuesta was part of that. Eddie Segura has been part of that. A lot of these players have been part of that. And there's also teams around the league that's like down the street in, in Carson that half the majority of their new players are players coming in with no MLS uh, experience, and they're getting it done. So there's a lot of variables that you could kind of balance and, and look at and say, Sure. I, I mean, I understand the frustration 100%. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be. I'm just saying that that, that idea that they had, I think, is pretty solid in the way that they may, they've been able to do it. That being said, to LAFC Live's point this whole year, they already knew coming in that this was MLS Cup or bust. So that's why mm-hmm. the expectations have been so elevated. That's why the the outrage has been so elevated, because that's what people expected this season. So I think they're kind of – they were hit hard. They had, They were reeling backwards, and they have to try to figure this out. Whether or not that happens and that changes going forward uh, with the, with the uh, I guess, system that Edge was mentioning with Thornton and, and Bob is, is to be said. But I've said this many times, Bob will get the respect that he deserves as an MLS coach, as an icon. He'll decide what he wants to do. I would not be surprised to see him back next year. And I would not be surprised to see him continue. Live <laughs> shaked his head. Look, I, I'm honest. I, I Look, I would not be I – would, I would also say that I would not be surprised if Bob Bradley comes back next year. But, I mean, we don't, we don't need to get into that. But – just to add on to your point, Andy, and Edge's point, the only thing, the only difference about this year is the first couple of years when when they were killing and they had it, they had, they had the MLX experience that Edge was mentioning. You had the Walkers and you had the Beta Shores, you had the Lee Lee Win. This year, the biggest criticism that I've had is you only brought in Corey Baird, uh, Kim Moon and Marco Fafan, while the rest of the league reloaded and brought experience. That that's been my biggest criticism. Like this is this is supposed to be MLS Cup or bus and everybody had these expe- expectations. Yes, I know Brian, yes I know uh Chiqui Palacios, uh, I know you mentioned Jose Cifuentes. I know they're very talented players. But when LAFC went through that eight game struggle, who was the leader? Too many young guys. I think that was a problem. We were looking we we were asking who's the leader in this team? Who's a obviously but we know Vela wasn't wasn't leading. He, he doesn't uh, I don't. He doesn't portray those characteristics that we would see of a leader, right? But I think that's what that's what hurt this team uh, in that eight game stretch in the losing team is that they didn't have that experience. Yeah, you have Jordan Harvey, but he's not he's not really playing. And I think that that is one of the criticisms to Edge's point is like you need at least somebody that has played 
and has been a leader. None of those players, I think, just didn't have that leadership thing. Now I see Chicho. I see Chicho as a leader. I, I see him just just the way he carries himself, just just how everybody is is attracted to him and stuff, you know. So I, that I think that's one thing that's been missing. Hopefully, Chicho can you know can bring in that, and even Eduardo Twista. Uh, you know, I think this brings up a great point. We 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 saw where Eduardo Twista he he got on Kim Moon One. Uh, Chris in the chat says he says. One question for everybody. Did everyone see the argument between Atuesta and Kim Moon-Wan uh, during the game? And then after Moon walked off the pitch, pitch uh, pissed and said nothing to anyone, shake or shake hands, curious what people think. Uh, live, what were your thoughts on that um, uh, altercation, I guess is the word? I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Uh, I liked it. I loved it. Atuesta, uh, he finally, well, somebody stepped up and has been stepping up as far as leadership role. I like that he's uh, he plays with like fight. He does not fire under his stomach. And he's not afraid to, to get in someone's face if it's his own teammate or slap someone across the face. Well, he probably didn't do that, but you know, <laughs> I don't know about that. Figuratively, figuratively yeah, that's what he's doing. But it's nice to see someone sit up bellow with the armband and was just huffing and puffing, throwing his hands up, crying, and whatnot. Uh, so it's nice to see Atuesta show something, you know, of a leader on the pitch. And for Kim Wan walking off, that that was kind of weird. I mean, you're new to the team. I mean, don't be. I mean, you're, you're here to you're here to like impress the teammates, and you want to get your starting position back, correct? I mean, you were on international duty, I believe. So, I mean, that's not the way to go about it. You should listen to a guy who's been here since uh, you know the first season and uh, listen to what he has to say. Um, that's just my opinion on that, and we'll see what happens tomorrow. And um, yeah, we'll see. I think the other thing I should add on to that, uh, Jesus Murillo was also yelling at him, or you know, I should say yelling because they, they were they were also having that. I don't know if that the TV showed that, but watching it from the press box, I, I didn't catch uh, Eduardo Twesta yelling at him, but I caught uh, uh, Jesus Murillo yelling at, yell, yelling at him. We're having a, a, an aggressive discussion. Um, I like I like that I saw that from Twesta, but I, I was surprised Murillo did that. Um, just to Kim Moon um, I think. He might have been pissed because Chicho didn't play on the ball twice, and he's running up and down the flank. And I'll get I'll get into a little bit more into that. But like Edge, what, what were your thoughts on that altercation? Uh, yeah, I'm all for it. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I think there needs to be accountability with these losses. Everybody wants to say it's a team game, but when it's a loss, everybody says it's a team loss, and then there's no accountability there at the end. Like these losses have to be identified the reasons behind them. And it's obvious that there was a lack of accountability in those games. So I think Atuesta is trying to, you know, make players be accountable for their mistakes, especially towards these last minutes. And um, yeah, that's my take on it. And I think there needs to be more of it. It doesn't just have to be Atuesta. Like you mentioned, it was also Mario, which I think is ironic because he's out of position a lot of times too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that that's my thought. I was like, Mario should probably be not- hugely out of position when <laughs> because of that goal. Um, but I I honestly think you know when we had the fourth the four three three position, it was a nightmare for me because we don't. I've always had a problem with our fullbacks. Palacios is decent, but Farfan and Blackman they're all they're all right fullbacks. But like when you look at really good teams in the MLS, usually their fullbacks are pretty freaking good. And I don't feel like our fullbacks are ever that great. And they're always caught up too far up. And it leaves us with two center backs. And we're always screwed when, when we're doing a high press. And it drives me nuts. So this five, this 3-5-2 um, formation has been a lot better. Because when we have the, 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 the wing backs now, not fullback, but wing backs up front, now we have three center backs to kind of cover mm-hmm. our assets better. Um, and 
we could experiment a little bit more upfront with the wingbacks. Yeah. Andy, Andy, what are your thoughts? Because we haven't seen this from Medora twice. I think this is what we, this is what I, I think I was waiting for from somebody, you know, to step up and, you know, have the, did Kim Wuhan deserve that? I, I don't, I'm not too sure, but like, at least there's some accountability. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that? I think that this goes hand in hand with uh, what Bob has been saying. I think I asked him after it was the, the SKC game. I like to do this when I'm at the stadium. I always look because Bob, for some reason, gets on the field and talks to players for a long, long time. So I always look who he's talking to. And that day he talked to Atuesta for a while. And I asked him after that game, like, what was that conversation about? And he was like, you know, we're just trying to build his leadership and his development. And I think that conversations like that in those moments go a long way realizing what LAFC is dealing with right now, that they need these points. And I think that the end of that game was so nervy, so unusual for LAFC because they probably wanted to press per usual, like, but Bob and everybody's like, no, we need to, we need to win this game. Like stay in your position, like don't get out of line. And I think in a sense that was Atuesta kind of just remembering Bob telling him like, Hey, like we we're a collective, you know, we have to, we need to, you know, everybody needs to be together all the way through 90 minutes. If there's one message Bob has said, this whole season is everybody being tapped in for 90, which has been reasons why they've lost games in the past. And if you see moves like that towards the end of a game where they're trying to close out, that's another, I guess, another downfall of them probably thinking like, hey, we're going to go through the same thing that we've been dealing with all year, like LAFC Live said, and somehow they're going to find a way to get an equalizer and we're going to drop these points here. I mean, that own goal, I, I tweeted this and people, you know, reacted to it well, but that own goal might have saved LAFC season, as crazy as it's happening. <laughs> like, that's yeah. not an exaggeration. It's not, but... I think Atuesta in that moment realized how important that was. And I think that that's another one of those growing steps for not just him, for the team, realizing like, hey, we need to close this game out however possible. And if we're not all in sync, if we're not all doing what we need to do, we're not going to be able to do that. So once again, it's I think it's a little bit of a learning curve and a little bit of a maybe, I guess, a sense of optimism for LAFC fans that these things are happening now, whereas maybe a month or two ago, we probably wouldn't have seen that happen. Yeah, and I quickly I pulled up the quote from Bob Bradley. He was asked about this, and this is Bob's quote. He said, I think as a team, we have to hold each other more accountable, essentially saying uh, he didn't have a, a problem with, with the altercation. Um, when I when I saw that, I saw two things, right? When when you think of Kim Moon Wan, this is the way I look at it. When you think of Kim Moon Wan, you don't necessarily think of him as this great defender, right? This great right back, right? So what, what is Kim Moon Wan's job there to do, right? To be an offensive threat to run up and down the line, right? Well, he ran up and down the line, down, and he ran towards the end of the line, essentially, but Chicho just didn't pass him the ball those two times. And he's been used to Carlos Vela passing him the ball, and he's been – that's where Kim Wan this season has been the playmaker. So when you haven't gotten the ball twice, there's going to be a little bit of frustration, right? Because um, you're in there, and your job, as if I'm Kim Wan, my job is to go up around the line and attack. And to your point, Andy, maybe that's not what they needed from Kim Wan, right? They needed him to be back. But I think Kim Wan's like, yo, I'm a, I'm a, let, let's literally put them away. Let's add another goal. I think that was his mindset. And he didn't, he didn't get the ball. And then he's getting chewed out by Eduardo Tuesta. And then Murillo, I, was, I don't know if Murillo has any room to talk, to be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, like just the the way he, uh, he he he's cost, you know, you know, even Chris here in the chat says that Maria has, co- has cost us two games, you know. Right. So I I think I'll if it was a Dwight Twista, it's a different story. But at Maria, I'm just like, come on, Maria, I don't, I don't know if you should be the one uh, stepping up here and having this type of conversation. And I think maybe Kim Wan feels feels that way. But if you also look at it, right, 
Uh, I think I do think Kim Wan should should have dropped back, and maybe he should have noticed that. But I I also think if I'm also Kim Wan, we haven't won a game three two. We we need to put another goal in. You know what I'm saying? So I I do see both sides. I do like that Eduardo Twesta uh, got on him, but I I also I don't like that Mario got on him because I don't think Mario should be doing that when he's costing the team goals and uh, goals and, and games. But I think also like. LA, I didn't feel comfortable with LAFC. I even live said at the start of the, uh, the start of this podcast, or I didn't think LAFC was going to win three two. I was like, yo, I think they need a fourth, a fourth goal just in case they give up another one. You know, did but anybody, what was, go ahead. Did, any, did anybody notice at the end of the game, like the last five minutes, Murillo kept telling the team to go up, go up. He kept doing this, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Absolutely not. Like we do not need to go up. Did anybody else notice that he did it repetitively? Oh, he's no. always going like this. Go! I don't know if he's dancing or what he's doing, but he's always saying "go up, go up." Yeah, and it's like the last few minutes of the game, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Absolutely not! We need to go back. Like you can't." It was driving me nuts. He literally did it like three or four times. <laughs> he's probably just trying to get the get the line, the line a little upfield, not to be as deep. But I, but this is what this is what I mean in that same sense is like. I'd rather have my players yelling at each other in that moment than not saying a damn thing personally. Like, no, exactly. Like, exactly. That's the first time that we want to yell at somebody, go ahead. You guys need to show the passion and get the points. If not, then we're, we're not doing anything. We're not doing what we need to be doing. We're not trying to fight for the players. We're not trying to make things different. So, I mean, I agree that maybe Murillo shouldn't be yelling at the other defender, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with anybody having any of those conversations because that's what, like Bob said, you got to hold each other accountable. And if you see something in that moment, that's a dire moment for the standings. And Bob says it every game here on out, this is six pointer for them, basically, with the direct opponents that they're playing. So, you know, they got to take these games. Everyone has to be, you know, play with the same passion. If not, then they lose a few games where we're back having the same conversations we were about two months ago. And yeah, no. Back on, back on the fullback thing, too. Like, you know, when these last minutes are dying out, like when. Are we don't like once again we we have a fullback problem and people don't really talk about it but like yes, I see yes. when I see people attacking us on the flanks and I see either Moon or Raheem or Farfan there I am literally like pissing my pants because I'm like <laughs> these guys are not gonna fucking defend our our backline like and it never fails they just get right through them and I'm like they're at best wingbacks but they're not fullbacks yeah when we're trying to like. You know, even when we're trying to play a 4-3-3, I'm like, are you nuts? Like, having Moon and Farfan on the other side as fullbacks is like suicide. Like, we're just not going to win this. And it never fails. We, I don't think we've ever won a game when they're like fullbacks. It's utterly ridiculous. Yeah, because I think the counterattack, depending who the team is, it's going to be – it's easier – but yeah, we'll see. Because uh, the 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 way the the reason why the formation has changed, my the way I see it, is because of Carlos Vela and Brian Rodriguez and Chicho, and and at the time you had Diego Rossi, right? So you had to play with the back four so you can have the most attacking up top. But the only problem was you're more vulnerable on the back line. So I'm very interested to see when Carlos Vela and Brian Rodriguez get back. Um, you know, because that, that's going to be that's going to be interesting, right? If Carlos Vela is healthy, you're going to want to put him up there. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's with um, with 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 Chicho, you climb up top. You know, um, so that's going to be interesting. So let, let's talk about Carlos Vela uh, live. How, how are you feeling about Carlos Vela? Uh, well, once he's healthy and comes back, I want to start him. This is my thing. You want to start him? Why? Why? Why are you, why are you being a madman right now? 
No, I'm not. We've won two games, right? Without him, and then our other eight, we, he was playing, and we didn't. But win. do you do you feel? I gotta, I gotta. Sorry, I gotta. Do you feel this team is better without Carlos Vela this season if he's healthy? Hey, the chemistry is doesn't lie, does it? We're talking about two yeah, two games saying, that haven't yeah, really changed the thing. I know. I'm just saying that if he comes back, you got to earn your spot. <laughs> uh, okay, Edge. What are your thoughts on Carlos Vela? I, I think that's a hot take for sure. Uh, he's the highest paid player in the MLS. I don't think the highest paid player uh, will have to earn his spot back. I, I just don't think so. I think Carlos Vela is the best team in LAFC and in an MLS by far. And he's I, the best player. Is that what you mean? Player. Sorry. Yeah. Did I say something? Yeah. Player in the MLS. And I think what we've seen of Carlos Vela this season, I don't know what that is. My assumption is it's contract talks, problems with the front office. I don't know what it is, but I think his form has not been, I think it's been psychological. And if they could fix that, when he comes back, whether it's renewing his contract, giving him what he wants. I don't care if he wants more money. He's worth it. He's an elite player. If he wants $6 million a year, give him $6 million a year. I don't care if he's 32 years old. He, when he's on, he's on. When you pay him what he wants, if that's his motivator, that's his motivator. I, I don't think so. I don't think that's his motivator. But I agree with you on that point. I, I, well, I don't know what it is, but whatever it needs, what he needs to be motivated, I think that's what needs to be given to him because he's that kind of elite player. And if he comes back ready to play, I think he's a starter. I think he's the captain, and I think he could help us win the cup. But if he comes back still pissed without resolving his issues, whether it's with the front office, Bob Bradley, whoever it may be, then then he should be on the bench because we have huge chemistry problems because of him. I don't know if the team – I think it was Rossi wanting to leave. I think it was Vela having problems with the front office, and I think it was just – a virus in the locker room. That's what, mm. that's my assumption. I have no idea what it really was at the end of the day, but that's my assumption. So, but like I said, if Vela figures it out, I don't think he's injured. I think if he figures it out with the front office and he comes back happy, then all the better. And I think LAFC will be much better with him. Oh, look, those are interesting takes. Uh, Andy, what are your thoughts? Wow, man. So, <laughs> we had this conversation a few days ago, but for me, it's uh, it's more concerning that Vela hasn't played in much, I guess, in these past two seasons. And I know people want to bring all these other factors into the into play, which are what is fine. It's, it's understandable, and nobody, I guess, really does know because with Vela, we really won't know anyway. But I think the fact of the matter is that he just hasn't played. And I, you know, the same way I mentioned 2019 earlier in the argument. You know, it was something incredible that we've never seen before from from MLS from an MLS player, and we know he has that quality. But is he really able to get back up there right now? Is he is he physically able to get back up there and and sustain a season the way that MLS is and play these midweek games and play and score the way he did in 2019? I don't know, and I think that his decision, his contract, his mentality, whatever you want to call it, uh, weighs heavy on what LAFC does next. Obviously. The same way with Bob, I think that if Vela says he wants to stay, he's staying. If he says he wants to go, shake hands, thank you very much. Part of our history, have a good night. But I think moving forward, I wouldn't I don't think that it's a terrible idea to think about life without Carlos Vela for the next for, for the next season and beyond. I just think that the way that this season has gone, the way that last year went, obviously with the pandemic and different things, um, it's unfortunate. But once again, those injuries add up and sure, maybe he's maybe he's not hundred percent I guess injured or maybe not hundred percent in it, which I could, I could see that more than him not being injured, but to to Gio's point, if he's healthy, he's playing, and 
if he's playing, is he good is the question because we saw him come back a little bit this season and there was games that he just frankly wasn't good. There were games that he just wasn't in it. And I'm, I know that it was during a, a situation where the team itself wasn't at, at his best, but from a player that had such a great 2019 for him to be at, you know, I guess that up and down caliber that we've seen him in the few times that we've seen him this year, I think is the most worrisome out of anything else, whether it's contract, whether it's front office, whether it's coach, wherever, whatever the case may be. So I'm not saying he doesn't have the ability because he's a great player. We all know that. I'm just saying that maybe for LASC moving forward is not the, the best idea. For yeah, I think we can we can talk about that later, but I, I want to get more into this. Um, we got a great comment. Uh, JP says, Vela had no one to help him. Uh, I guess he's talking about uh, Rossi was cold, B-Rod and Arango on fire, and they will make life easier for Vela when he is back. I 100% believe that. Uh, I, I agree with that comment. I think also Rossi not being able to do what he's done kind of, you know, limited the options when teams could just pinpoint on Carlos Vela, right? Now you have Chicho. Brian, uh, hopefully he comes back and does the same thing, uh, you know, keeps his form. That's the biggest thing. But you, if you tell me you got Brian Rodriguez, who, who's 100% in, Chicho Rongo doing what he's doing, and you have Carlos Vela healthy, that is a scary attack. That is a scary, that's a, that's a scary attack. Right, what may be bothering Carlos Vela outside of the injuries? I do feel like it's either the the, the I, I I'm assume it's either the head coach or, or the front office. For him to I'm t I keep bringing this up, but for him to do that interview with Toon and say um, I miss playing in Europe and hinting at that, right? Uh, he never does that. He's not the type of player to show his hand. That to me showed, told me that he was pissed off. It was either pissed off at the front office or, or pissed off at Bob Bradley. Someone, I don't know, and, you know, obviously that weighs. And, you know, you saw that that weighed on Diego Rossi. Bob Bradley was asked about that, you know. But, you know, Rossi was already checked out of here. Could Vela be potentially feeling the same way? Maybe if he doesn't like some of the moves or what's going on. Yeah, I mean, he and it's a contract year, so he has a lot going on. Does he have to move his family, this and that, right? But also to see what Chicho's doing and what Brian's doing, Okay, you know, maybe maybe I can come back a lot sooner. Maybe you know, because there is there is uh, there is a lot. Like I feel like when your teams are doing good, I, I'm not saying this is him, but like I don't know how motivated you're going to be if you're like in last place, right? To want to come back and help your team scratch to get into the playoffs. But now, outside looking in, it's looking a lot more optimistic. If I'm if I'm Carlos Vela, I'm, I'm seeing what Chicho is doing. You're, you're making the game easier for me. I just got to distribute the ball. You you can actually score. You can you can do the things that we've been missing. What what maybe Carlos Vela had had been asking a long time. I think the game is going to get easier for Carlos Vela if Chicho can continue to score and if Brian Rodriguez continue to you know do what he does dance down that dance dance down the line. I, I think it looks more optimistic now. But we'll we'll have to see what happens and 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 we'll have to see Carlos Vela. But but by no means do I feel like. Even though he's 32 years old, I think he, he can still bond. I think when healthy, he's still the pl best player in this league. Um, let's get into one because we've gone over now. Let's get into tomorrow's game um, live. Uh, what are you expecting for tomorrow's game? It's an away game. Uh, obviously, what, two essentially two days, less than three days since since uh, the, the home game against uh, RSL. Uh, well, I know it's in Austin. They obviously have had a horrible season. Um, so I'm hoping we can get three points away. Uh, I know that's West is not playing apparently due to his ankle. So next man up, no excuse. And I, I obviously think probably Murillo will have the armband maybe since he likes to yell all the time now. Um, so 
<laughs> I'm hoping for three points. I'm really hoping for three points. Chicho, hopefully, still firing all cylinders, and um, we'll get a clean sheet. So I'm predicting, hopefully, uh, two two zero LAFC. That's on goal. Edge, what are your thoughts uh, for tomorrow's game? Atuesta being out really concerns me. Um, I also heard that um, Ibiaga might be out because of yellow yeah. card accumulation, and that terrifies me because thinking of Farfan in that position is very scary to me. He's uh, To me, he's been a really bad center back, and I am concerned about that. I don't know if Bob will go back to a 4-3-3 with um, Murillo and Fall. And Palacios and Moon, that would be the four three three. If he does do the five three two, which I mean, or the three five two, um, I would say don't put Farfan as center back, no matter what. Um, and I would probably, I heard Blackman might be back. I would prefer Blackman at center back way more, or have. And I know everyone thinks this is controversial, but I would probably rather see Jordan Harvey at center back. <laughs> That's how much I don't want Farfan as a center back. I think if we leave Jordan Harvey at the very, very back, um, he's he's not that bad. As a, as, a, as a fullback at his age, sure, he couldn't run back fast enough. But as a center back, if you, has him at, if you have him at the very back with Murillo, I think it's a better option, to be honest, than Farfan. But I, uh, above all, I would prefer Blackman if he is better. Um, we're very limited on options. Our our defense is all injured right now, so we don't have many options. But, um, yeah, and I don't want this to be a trap game. That's what I'm concerned about. A Twesta out, Ibiaga out. We go in overconfident because it's last place, Austin, but it's their home. I just don't want it to be. I just want the, the players to go in with a really level head and try to get that win at no matter what. I think it's going to be a war, and they're going to have to really fight for that win. It's not going to be an easy one. Yeah, talking about last place, uh, we have Austin FC's number one fan here, Andy Diosa. Go ahead and put on the hat. <laughs> He's better public. So, so how are you feeling? Uh, how how are you feeling about your Austin FC facing uh, LAFC tomorrow? Well, as a as a longtime Austin FC fan, there's no better time to get back on track than to play this week LAFC. <laughs> uh, tomorrow's going to be ugly, man. That's all I know. Tomorrow's going to be an ugly game for both sides because um, obviously Austin needs some points. Um, they're right. They're about to be the worst team in the league soon if they don't get it together. Um, but hey, a few points and they'll be they'll be you know they'll be up there. And look at all three Texas teams on the bottom. Ain't that something? Um, yeah, they just they just need to end the season on a on a good on a good note on something that makes them feel positive because it's the first season. Obviously, it was expected for it to be hard for them, but it wasn't expected to be this bad. And I've said it many times on this podcast as well. I think Josh Wolf is a good coach. I think they have a good team. They're obviously missing pieces, and it's not working for them right now. But you know, trials and tribulations for LAFC though coming in, it's going to be tough because of all the things you guys have mentioned. And not only that, man, these. This game being such a quick turnaround for a lot of the um, a lot of these people that are going to be starting, maybe they're not they're not used to that. Like they're they're players that are used to being subbed and coming off the bench or whatever the case may be. This is a this is a true test because Austin's not going to back down. Obviously, they're home. They know that at this point they don't really have much else to lose. They're just going to play hard as they can every time. There's two things about Austin though: either they don't score at all or they score goals in bunches. So 
if LAFC's biggest test is defensively because LAFC could go in there and, and win 1-0 one, one and it's like, cool, job done, three points, see you later, we out of here. But if Austin does if Austin does score at least one, then I'd be, I'd be nervous because, man, the way you guys have been talking about LAFC's defense and, and you know, how things have been going, um, that'll be tricky. But I do expect LAFC to win that game. I think that they know what the task is at hand and they know that they're on a, they're on a path right now that um, could potentially get them back into the playoffs and the loss against the last place team will not help them at all. So while I, uh, I mourn for my Austin FC, my beloved favorite team since I was born, um, you know, I think LFC goes in there, gets three points and continues this, uh, this great story that we're living now. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's going to be an interesting game with Austin FC because if you, if you, every game is a must win, you know, talking, you know, uh, here, you know, quoting Bob Bradley, but it's like, you can't lose any game. And there's, and you're going to have these quick games, these weekend Wednesday weekend games. So I think, you know, Austin FC, they, they struggle. I think they, I think they got smacked around their last game. Uh, I know, talk about wanting to coach out Austin FC fans. I know I keep seeing a lot of jo- uh, Josh Wolf out, um, you know, Wolf out uh, hashtags over there. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of pressure on that side, even for them to, to get a, a somewhat of a positive result, right? Whether it's you get a win. It's also a Wednesday game, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Ed, did you have something to say? Yeah, I think one of the biggest curses we have this year is just our reputation from 2018 and 2019 as being like one of the best, if not the best, MLS team. And everybody comes every game against us like they're freaking trying to win the MLS Cup. And it's like Austin is going to really want this win because they, they've been doing so bad. It, it'll become a symbolic win for them, just as when Galaxy has been doing bad for so, for, for bad, so bad for three uh, seasons that when they win LAFC, they, it's kind of like their MLS Cup trophy and it's symbolic to them and they own <laughs> stuff like that. Like it's for some reason. Every, I don't know if that's true, but every, go ahead. MLS winning LAFC to them is like, a symbolic trophy and it's like getting out of hand we're like we're not that good this season guys chill out <laughs> this isn't the freaking mls cup game like chill out you know okay. so i i see austin really wanting to win us tomorrow will they win i don't think so i uh, at the end that desire is not going to be enough to give them the win but i think it'll still be a dangerous game and it could be a trap game and they have to be careful yeah wow. live go ahead yeah point um you said that every team wants to beat us because it's like they're almost crap. i think we just suck and we just make them look really good every other team <laughs> i want to be honest with you uh, we just look so bad at times that it, yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like telling them to chill out like we're not that good this season guys it's not a trophy in any way like we're not so that- so if, so as often fc so if andy's team beats andy you're gonna have to chill out bro yeah i think i think i think that the clear message is to andy you need to chill out for whatever reason you guys win tomorrow. Okay. Hey, no, I'm just going to say this. All right. I'm just going to say this. The last time that LAFC played Austin FC, if I'm not mistaken, was, was 2-0, right? That was LAFC won. That was, yeah, that was Danik 2, 2-0. LAFC had Carlos Vela, had Eddie Segura, had basically their team. So, and they had Diego Rossi. It was Rossi and Vela, if I'm not mistaken, that day. So, and and that wasn't a pretty game. I mean, they they won and LAFC controlled, but Austin is, as I've said this this year about basically every team in the West, Vancouver, and these are not pushover teams. And I'll tell you one thing: I've watched a lot of Austin FC this year, and it's not a pushover team. So can't go in there too confident. But once again, I do expect LAFC to be able to pull it out. 
but they yeah. were also they were also a new shiny team, so they were like really really motivated when they played us. And right now they're like in a downward trajectory and momentum. So I could see, you know, it's I could that's it could be against them too. Yeah. Well, here let's let's wrap let's wrap things up, guys, because uh, you know we've gone over and. Um, but yeah, no. Look, uh, big game for tomorrow for LAFC. I think every every game moving forward is going to be get big, big for them. We'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, a lot of players are going to have to step up. Hopefully, Chicho can still, you know, work some of his magic. You know, have some of the hold up play up there. Uh, Brian Rodriguez is going to be available, so you got another weapon up there. I guess a lot of people are going to be curious about the formation, who's going to step up, and then that. But we'll see. At the I do feel obviously LAFC is favored. But I do not think it's going to be an easy game. Austin FC is definitely going to want to get the win. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. So we're going to wrap things up for LAFC Live, for Edge, Andy Diosa. This is Jill. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.